the intro again. Don't, please don't. You really gonna do this? Yeah, it's our show. We do what we want. Oh my God, no! Not another freaking wrestling podcast. Yay! Like I said, I don't get people watching. So either you love me or you don't. I love you. I love you too. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Another Freaking Wrestling Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm JD. And I'm Jake. And I'm eating some fucking salsa con queso chips and cheese. Jealous. Night rule. And I'm free. Will. And I don't understand what all the hate is over this new Pokemon game. It's pretty tight. Yeah, I didn't see on uh, Twitter fucking posting about it, buddy. Yeah, no, everybody is losing their fucking minds over it. Like, yes, it runs a little boo-boo, but it's tight. I have to modern video games now, man. They first come out, and there's some bugs. You wait a month or so, they'll patch it, and you'll be fine. I play Pokemon Go. I play people Pokemon Go play to that. the polls. Dude, it's dope. I just I can't believe people something still to do when play I'm it. Around. I just can't believe people still play it. That it's game fun. has had a remarkable shelf life. It's impressive. Anyway, uh, today we are uh, recording our top five. We uh, said we're going to do our top ten favorite wrestlers of all time. And our previous episode, we did ten through six. And this week will be our uh, top five. Yeah. Uh, we are without Tyler and Shane. So Tyler will have to record his top ten uh, separately. And Shane will have to give us his top five at a later time. Uh, don't worry, we'll get to all that. But today, we have Jake, Will, and I. And uh, we're going to... We're off our top five. I'm pretty excited for this because uh, Will's especially was surprising. It was. Yours took me by surprise. So your top five, though, I feel like I have yours figured out. Oh, yeah. It's... Shane's was the most surprising for me. There were a couple of just really. Literally the only one that I he said that I was like, I figured that would be on there was Taz. And yeah. I don't know why he just strikes me as a Taz guy. The only one that didn't surprise me on him was Jerry Lynn. Jerry all motherfucking them, Lynn. All the Knoxville boys are big on Jerry. Like, TY's big on Jerry. And, you know, it's because Jerry did a lot of work up that way. Yeah. So a lot of them shared a locker room with Jerry. So I think it's... I don't know if it's bias. I don't think that'd be the right way to use that. But, like, it's because they got to work with him a lot kind of thing. You know? All right. Uh, let's uh, start it off this week with Jake. Uh, Jake, give us your uh, recap of your top, your uh, previous six to ten, and then give us your top five, man. All right. Well, I had my honorable mentions for Bull Nakano, the original Tiger Mask, CM Punk, and Brian Danielson. And then my top, or my ten through six, Jake Roberts, bringing back the DDT, uh, RVD, Asuka, Finn Balor, and Shinsuke. Then. It was honest, I like I couldn't believe you guys were like, I can't believe Jake Roberts is down that far. I like I had to make room for him. I felt bad that he wasn't in it. I thought <laughs> Roberts was in your top five for sure. I did too. Mm. Figured he would come in. I honestly thought he was gonna be your number three. I thought I he was gonna be a number four. I've got more of an appreciation for him now than I did before. So that's it's like it, like Katie was surprised that Piper wasn't in my top ten. And I was like, I loved Piper's talking. I didn't like his matches so much. So, anyway, coming in at number five, Shawn Michaels. Never heard of him. 
<laughs> not a surprise. Really? I figured you'd be surprised that I had him that low. I yeah. figured he'd be in the top five, but I didn't know where in the top five because your top five, I feel like I know your top five, or I feel like I know your top five, but I don't know how you would order them. Yeah. Except for number one. That was the easiest one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Sean was one of those first guys we first started. Like, when he got his baby face push, was kind of, I was like, I like this guy a whole bunch, you know. And he was one of the fucking first ones I saw personally. It was like, I bet I could fucking do that one day. Maybe not there, but I could do that one day. Him and a, another person are in my top five were guys that I saw and thought that. Uh, number four, Jushin Thunder Liger. Greatest junior heavyweight of all time. He is no that argue. boy. <laughs> That's not like, a surprise I either. Yeah, I will refuse to hear arguments about that. The dude fucking rules. The originator of the magic asshole. Oh, yeah, his PWG spot where he hip-tossed the line of men with his butt cheek power. <laughs> He's also so, a sweet guy when you meet him. Like, I got to meet him once, and he was just the nicest fucking dude. Uh, number three, Great Muda. Hardly surprised. <laughs> I don't know, man. Shocked. Uh, Order and Muda and Liger was really hard. I almost say that they're both tied for three and four. I, I off against the other. I would say I, I fuck with Liger just a little bit more than Muda, and s- slightly only because. And this is very superficial, but I don't know. Something about old Muda with the paint don't look as good as mask Muda. You like the masks better than the paint? Yes. That's surprising. I like the paint better. Something about the paint looks less imposing. Hmm. I don't know if it's... I don't know what it is about it, but something like when he switched over to the mask, that made Muda look way more intimidating. Hmm. Well, I mean... But I don't know. Muda definitely deserves to be up there. I mean, he is belt. I am a belt. (laughs) I love that fucking... I'll show you that promo, JD. You know what I'm talking about. It's awesome. Um... Yeah, it's like he's so good. I'm sad I've never got to see him wrestle in person, though. I've got to see Liger wrestle in person. Actually, I don't think I've ever seen any any of these on my list wrestle. No, I've, I saw Sean wrestle in person. Yeah, I think Sean's the only one on the list that Sean and Liger are the only ones on my list that I've actually got to see wrestle in person. Um, number two, fucking obvious, Bret Hart. Uh, color me shocked yeah yeah and i got to meet the guy and he was the first wrestler i saw wrestling guys twice his size and kicking their ass and i was like man i could do that one day you know and i got to pop him the first time i met him because i was dressed like him and my girlfriend's dressed like Shawn michaels (laughs) he thought it was funny and then we got him to fucking sign a picture for us of him kicking Shawn michaels ass so yeah (laughs) And I got to tell him my favorite match of all time was him and Roddy Piper, and that actually made him really happy because he he loved that match. So it's a great match. I love it. WrestleMania is my that's a perfect wrestling match. And number one, 
even more obvious than number two, Dynamite Kid. Oh my goodness! What? <laughs> oh my God! Wow! Fuck! JD, did you have any idea that Jake Murphy's favorite wrestler was the Dynamite uh, Kid? I don't know how I would have ever known. I know. Not like he talks about him constantly. He definitely does not wear it on his sleeve. Or that one fucking rad t-shirt that I got in Japan. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, there was a time pre-2007 when it was name redacted in that spot. <laughs> and then Dynamite was number two just because he was more fresh. Like, Benoit was more fresh at the time. Like, I could actually watch him and see him. And all exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, fucking... Benoit got famous for ripping off Dynamite Kid. You know, so. Well. Your, your flippy dudes of today, 100% owe Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask. Everything that they are. Whether they, they know who they are or not. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fighting men. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, Will, to your top five, man. My top five. Ooh, see, this was this is a little bit easier for me to pull than the six through ten, but do have to give a couple more honorable mentions. Honorable mention number one, the OG nature boy, Buddy Rogers. I one of my personal favorites. It was honestly really hard leaving him off the list. I was even telling Jake, just it broke my heart having to because initially he was up there, and then he just kept getting whittled further and Man. further down. But definitely broke my heart having to leave him off. And then other honorable mention, none other than that boy, that king, that musk ox of a man, Shingo Takagi. Still on that Shingo shit. But coming in at number five is Pete Dunn, the bruiserweight. One of my absolute favorites. I think he was head and shoulders above a majority of that fucking incredible British wrestling wave of the kind of middle to late 2010s. He's Bro. just I've I've never seen a bad performance from him. Even his NXT run, which was a little spotty, still managed to make everything work. Even his short little tag stint with Matt Riddle, his progress run with British Strong Styles, one of my all time favorite runs in wrestling history. But so this one's surprising to me because. Like, I love Pete Dunn. I think he's amazing. I just wouldn't have expected him to be in your top five. Oh, yeah. No, Pete is the fucking truth. I, I fully believe. Nope. His mama named me Pete Dunn. I'm going to call him Pete Dunn. <laughs> anyway. Coming in at number four, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, for honestly a good long time, was my favorite for a while there. His Ring of Honor and PWG body of work speaks for itself. Some of the best stuff on 
that level of the indies during that time period. His NXT run was fucking incredible and was what got me into watching WWE regularly again at the time. And then his main roster stuff has been great. He's also one of those people that has proven you can give him cow shit and he will make you a really good cow shit pie. I think of all the NXT call-ups, he had the best call-up. Yes. Debuting like that against Cena is such an incredible moment. And then getting the win. Yeah, that, fucking, that was big. I would say he probably had the best call-up, honestly, out of any of the NXT guys, other than maybe the Shield. I always liked when... I mean, I'm biased. Like the way Shin showed up the first time with the violinist, and like he didn't actually fucking say anything. He just came out, had shit going, and then left. And then they poo pooed him after that. So, yeah. I yeah, mean, Kevin's was great. Kevin's was awesome. It was, it was a net inevitable for Nakamura because I mean, was there, did anyone truly believe that he could hinder gender? <sighs> Bruh. He's the new El Dandy. Coming in at number three, Jinder Mahal. Uh, yeah, and coming in one through three is three Jinder Mahals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one more honorable mention. A man banned Jinder Mahal. But no, coming <laughs> in at number three is, and this was another one that was, I would say he's probably my favorite full-time guy right now because I think he has more it factor and just oozes that top star charisma more than 99% of people in wrestling. Pentagon Jr. slash Penta El Cerro Miedo, Pentagon Dark, whatever you want to call him. Pentagon's a fucking beast. He is so goddamn good. And I've gotten to see him live a good handful of times. And honestly, he's one of the few wrestlers that he comes across amazing on TV. But live, just all his mannerisms work even fucking better. I I can't say I'm at all surprised about you picking him there. We've got the like talk for way longer periods of time now because since we work together and everything, but like the last few days, you've just been on this Pentagon thing, and I was like, Yeah, he's in the five. (laughs) Oh, he's the fucking greatest. Like, you if you watched that first three seasons of Lucha Underground, then you couldn't not be a fan of Pentagon. That was his show. But coming in at number two, the genius and current grandfather of pro wrestling, Noah, Naomichi Marafuji. I really thought he was just going to leave it at the genius. I was like, Lanny Poffo. I thought he was going Lanny Poffo for a second, too. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, Lanny Poffo's that dude. I mean, you know, Pentagon, Owens, Shingo. I mean, yeah, that's that's whatever. But have y'all seen that run, though? <laughs> hey, he's got it. He holds a victory over Hulk Hogan on a Saturday night's main event. Damn straight. Hogan could not deny the genius. But no, now Michi Marafuji is 
just goddamn, he is everything you could ever want out of a pro wrestler. Has a great look. His entrance music is fucking awesome. And his name is really fun to say. His name's really fun. He has <laughs> the greatest heel hooks in all of wrestling. Still, even at his age, has barely slowed down a heartbeat. Every like I know Masawa built Noah, but very much the man right behind him in terms of legacy of building out that company has to be Marafuji. Yeah, he's Noah's stepdaddy. Like, oh yeah, he's the dad that stepped up. But cannot say enough about Naomichi Marafuji and coming in at the whopping number one drum roll, please. Ray Mysterio Jr. Really? Yeah, who's that coming out the sky? R E Y. Is that coming off the boat? R O N Mysterion. Yeah. Um, I, which, which era Ray Ray though? Like WCW? All fed. All? I think he is my favorite wrestler of all time. I think he has never truly had a bad run. WCW, obviously a trailblazer. Yeah. His short little stint in ECW, really fucking fun. Just because just him in that kind of an environment was very interesting to see. WWE run, fucking incredible. Royal Rumble win was magical. Left had a great little run on the indies and in AAA and Lucha Underground. Came right back and has been doing pretty solid shit since coming back. But I mean, look, like his series. I know you're like. I'm I'm in the mood to watch some some Mysterio. What year are you going to? Uh, shit. That's there's that's kind of hard to pick because every year has at least two all time Mysterio matches. You're not wrong. I mean, even this year, he's still putting on some of the best stuff of his career. That Walter match. Oh from my god! Not yeah. that far back was amazing. The Brock match he had was such goofy fun. I, honest to God, thought at one point he was just going to like pull out a gun on Brock. The Seth fun was, the Seth feud was, yeah, eye for an eye was goofy, but that's why I love it. The match was dope, though. The match was so fucking dope. And then Seth threw up. And even a little bit earlier when he was having that weird series where he was wrestling Andrade every week, every match was fucking amazing. Well, you got two fucking pretty comparable fucking Lucha guys doing their shit on a big ass stage. Like, of course they were going to be good. But I'm still always going to go back to the Halloween Havoc match with Eddie, though. That's, I would say, if... If it is like you want to show someone that isn't that familiar with Ray, I would show them definitely the WCW stuff and then the maybe some of the stuff like WWE wise whenever he was tag champs with Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, because his his title reign, his world title reign was not <laughs> it was not it. The World Heavyweight one was a little bit better. 
the last one he had where he got cashed in on by Kane. Oh. Okay. I just his first go around though was like, yeah, you got this belt, but we're gonna squash you. <laughs> the man managed to drag some solid matches out of Jack or yeah, Jack Swagger. This is I true. Think one of my favorite Mysterios was uh, the Eddie Tribute Show, the one where he wrestled Sean. That was a great match. It was like it was peak Sean versus still not quite approaching his peak peak Rey Mysterio. Like it was. I don't know. One of my personal favorite Ray's matches is, and it's definitely going to be a weirder pick that I know no one else picks, but Ray Mysterio versus Punk, Batista, and Undertaker at bragging rights for the World Heavyweight Championship. Hmm. So, for me, my top five. I'll uh, recap my top my 10 through 6 real quick. Coming number 10 was Shawn Michaels. Coming in number nine, Chris Jericho, despite my personal vendetta against him. In January 6th. <laughs> Coming in at number eight, Brian Danielson. Number seven, Sean Tempers. And number six, Randy Savage. Uh, my number five. Um, so, a little bit of backstory for I tell you. Uh, I started wrestling, watching wrestling at a young age. Uh, by sneaking into the living room after my parents had gone to bed and watching WCW on TV because it was always left on a uh, on that channel, so like it was just easy access, you know. I just sit down and watch. Parents hear parents turn off TV, you hide, and you turn it back on when they come out of the bathroom, and go back to bed. That was my introduction to wrestling. But then, after my parents divorced, uh, started going down to visit my dad, and the first year we went to visit him for Christmas break. Uh, we turned on the TV, and, or it was it was Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving break. So we turned on the TV, and uh, what do I see but Stone Cold Steve Austin holding a gun to Mr. McMahon right before Survivor Series 1998. So Vince McMahon is your number five? Yes, Vince McMahon. No, Stone Cold Steve Austin is my number five. Uh, that man got me reintroduced to wrestling uh, and made me an actual fan. Uh, so like. We watched that. It was Monday Night Raw. It was the Raw before Survivor Series 98. We saw that, and my brother and I both begged my dad to buy a Survivor Series. And they bought it. So we got to watch my first pay-per-view that I remember really watching was Deadly Games. As I said, the oh, man. Uh, fantastic show, too. Uh, great finish to everything. The Rock's heel turn. Um, it was a cool, cool fucking thing. Um, but Stone Cold, man... Just always stayed a fan of him for the most part throughout the years. Uh, didn't care if he was heel, babyface, wherever he stood. I was a Stone Cold fan. Um, he's fallen down the list over the years because at one point he would have been my favorite. Um, number four, Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, and if you've watched me wrestle, you know that. <laughs> You've seen my work. You've seen a little bit of Jake Roberts in me. I'm very slow, very methodical, very, very much thinking about my next move the entire match. And the, lots of bags full of snakes. Lots of bags full of snakes. But Jake, Jake, too. Um, so there was this. We were really young. This is before I was really watching wrestling at all. This is one of my earliest memories. And my dad took us to a show in Chattanooga. Um, 
where Jake the Snake let out the snake in the ring, and uh, everybody's freaking out. It was just like a cool visual. So Jake's always been pretty high on my list. And then as I started like studying, st- picking out people to study when I was working wrestling, I always found myself watching Jake's matches and listening to his promos and made me more of a fan. Number three, Jake, we share this one. Not at number three, but we share this one on a list. Prince Devitt, Ben Balor. Uh, that dude just cannot do any wrong. He's so good. Cannot do any wrong. Um, uh, huh? I don't know. I'm just not the biggest Balor fan. Man, th- there's just something about Balor. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I found him on... I think it was his last Super Junior Cup uh, run, and uh, just stuck with him. And, uh, and mostly, it was the body paints. Yeah, the <laughs> early on paint. it was the body paints because that shit was dope. The anti venom was the best one. Yeah, but I mean, he had some badass body paints. And then when he came to WWE, I was just super excited because I was like, I watch this motherfucker every week now. Like, you gotta be kidding me! I'm so happy. Did you ever see his Bane entrance he did when he was still no, in the uh, I don't know if I've seen the entrance. I've seen the paint. It, he did this whole entrance. They had like security guards come down the little ramp and shit and like the play and the music and shit. And he comes out and he's got the bomber jacket and the big fucking mask on and he just starts massacring like all those security guards. Oh, that's dope. He gets in the fucking ring and dude, his tits. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge, huge Finn Balor fan. Uh, I, I think that dude deserves every title ever. Uh, number two, this is where I might surprise both of you. Fucking Bailey. Bailey is the best fucking women's wrestler of her generation. Uh, as far as babyface, that was the best damn red meat babyface you will ever fucking see. And that yeah. heel turn broke hearts. That heel turn broke hearts, and she changed everything about herself when she turned heel. Yeah. Uh, she completely reinvented herself and stayed on fucking top. Every character she's brought forth has just knocked it out of the park. That woman. Even in the face of shitty booking, yes. Phenomenal wrestler, phenomenal worker, and just gets it. She gets everything about the business. Yeah, but the folks on the main roster had no idea what to do with her. No, no, they didn't. But I think for Triple H booking, she's gonna get, she's gonna get better booking from now on. I will say she's super good. Like one of my I don't know, probably like top twenty favorite matches was the one she had with Oscar uh, on the Takeover. Yes, yeah, that, that's one of my favorite matches. Huh? The one where she lost the belt to Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that one. I did love the story of just like Bailey knows she can't do this, mm-hmm. but refuses to back down. But the whole time you can see on her face, like I don't think I can beat her. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo, Bailey's just. Uh, and when I was sitting down to make this list, Bailey was not in my top ten. But as I started writing it down, I started thinking about like you know who do I like the most these days and stuff and who's really stood out in the last couple of years. And it's been Bailey. So I was like, well, she's going to be top 10. But I started going, I was like, you know, Bailey, she's just that damn good. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it just I haven't really seen her lay any shit down ever. And like I said, that babyface run in NXT, you can't beat that. That was the top babyface. If they would have booked her right on the main roster, she could have been the women's John Cena. Yeah, probably. And, and with her heel turn, like I said, man, it it broke my heart. It broke the hearts of millions. Honestly, though, I was so happy because it yeah. was like it's it, she's getting the chance to show more. And her heel run's just been fantastic, and she doesn't get cheered. She's a heel. Yeah, she's a better heel than Roman. <laughs> Number one, The Undertaker. Really? The Undertaker is, man, like, he scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Same. Scared the shit out of me. And I think that's why I loved him so much. Because, like, I started watching around the Ministry of Darkness, so that shit was oh, fucking like okay. over you the he was top. Scarier than scary. Kane? Huh? You thought he was scarier than Kane? Yeah, you damn right. That motherfucker was crucifying people. That motherfucker was crucifying people. Like that shit was terrifying. And then like, but like, you know, I, I, I appropriately booed him when I was younger. But as I got older, and they wasn't even much older, but like. He was everything I loved in a wrestler. Like, he was a big man who could do it fucking all. He'd go with little guys who could make them look like the fucking best. He could fly around the ring. If you've ever seen my, like, my dive outside the ring, I do, I go over the top rope just like Taker did. Taker has the most insane, terrifying looking dive ever. That, that's my dive. That's why I borrowed it from him. Uh, I like, fucking got to see his debut actually on TV when it really? Survivor Series, and I was scared to fucking death of him when he walked out because I was a little brainwashed Hulk Hogan fan, you know, when I was a kid. So, and, um, oh, he was the so thing that really drove it home for me with Taker was like I met him once at a bar outside of wrestling. Like we went to a show in Columbus, Georgia, when I was in the army, and he was at the bar when we went out afterwards, and I got to sit down and have a beer with him. It's the coolest fucking thing in the world. Dude, that's that's rad. Dude was super, super humble and just like sat down and had a conversation with a kid in the army that was a huge fucking fan. And uh ever since he's been my favorite. Now I'll, I'll never back down from that. Taker will always be my favorite. What? Although those last five years, we can just forget those, right? I mean, the Brock feud was fun. <laughs> That's the only part, though. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, so, like, anytime he like crops up about them talking about him having another match, and like Katie will just go, "Let the man rest." Yeah, that's how I am now. Just he needs he needs to stay away. The boneyard was at home. stupid. The boneyard was cool. But that was also right in his wheelhouse where there are edits. Yep. And he just wants to sit at home and drink his bourbon and eat his chicken wings and bang and his motorcycle. Pool. Leave him alone and stop giving him more money than he can say no to. But they can't, though. The show has to keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> anyway. God damn so, it. uh... We will get Tyler to record his top 10 in a later episode, and Shane will finish his top 10 and do give us his top five in a later episode. Uh, but for now, 
Uh, we're not another freaking wrestling podcast. And Jake, what do they need to do? Bring the Undertaker some bourbon and chicken wings so they can stay at home. <laughs> <laughs>